0: In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we welcome you to the All Souls Sermon Podcast.
1: In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Generosity is at the very heart of the Christian. Life. The Gospel is about the astonishing generosity of our God, shown to us preeminently in Jesus Christ, who loved us and gave himself for us. And We are called to respond to the generosity of God in Christ by living lives characterized by generosity. Over the next four weeks, in a sermon series, we're going to be exploring those themes, God's generosity and our own. And today I want to simply marvel with you at the generosity of God shown to us in creation and in redemption. To adapt something that St. Augustine said, I want to stir up love for God in myself and in you. So that together we might say, great is the Lord and marvelous, worthy to be praised. So let's begin with God's generosity in creation the very gratuity of creation god's act in creating all things proclaims his inexpressible generosity there is nothing at all necessary about the universe it did not have to exist but everything that exists from the smallest quark to the unfathomable vastment, vastness of the universe itself exist by the sheer gift of God. It is held in existence at every moment by God, who upholds all things by the word of his power. The God who made the world and everything in it, St. Paul says, gives to all life and breath and all things. He is the living God, in whom we live and move and have our being. As God's creatures Everything that we are and everything that we have comes to us as the gift of God. We have nothing we have not received. Contemplating these things, we can only cry out with St. John, Worthy art thou, O Lord and our God, to receive glory and honor and power. For thou didst create all things, and because of thy will they were and were created. Think, too, of how God's generosity is manifest also in the astounding diversity of his creatures. The Lord has created a mind-boggling plenitude and variety of things. The Lord is almost prodigal in the numbers and kinds of things he has made, lavishly throwing into existence the myriad things that come to be and pass away. I think first these days of creatures my sons have been a bit obsessed with recently, namely the dinosaurs in all of their various kinds, in the awesome mystery of their lives, Coelophysis and Stegosaurus and Diplodocus and Tyrannosaurus rex. Or think of the extravagance shown in the beauty hidden forever from our eyes in the countless precious stones that will never be seen by us. Consider the wild exuberance of flowering plants, the lilies of the field, clothed in glorious and fleeting beauty, which today is and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, as Jesus says. Or again, to name another set of creatures that my sons are obsessed with, Think of the breathtaking variety of marine life, especially the creatures who inhabit the midnight zone, the deepest part of the oceans, with their bizarre and beautiful aspects. And this is only to gesture to the very tiniest fraction of the astounding array of creatures found on our planet, which is itself the tiniest speck of dust tossed amidst the numberless drifts of stars and nebulae and galaxies that crowd the cosmos. And I haven't even mentioned the angels. O Lord, how manifold are thy works! In wisdom thou hast made them all, the earth is full of thy riches. And think also of how God's generosity is displayed in the creation of the human being, Homo sapiens, endowed with wisdom, a creature Bearing the image and likeness of its creator. God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he him. Male and female created he them. God has given us unique and precious gifts. The capacity and responsibility to have dominion over the earth and its creatures. To dress and to keep the garden to name every living creature, to not only exist, but to know it, and to rejoice in this knowledge and existence. God makes us capable of loving him, able to consciously offer ourselves back to our creator, able to praise God and to be glad in him, to lead creation's song of praise. Even now, after Eden Bearing the damage of sin, our human nature retains its latent capacity for union with the Lord our God. And this brings us to our second theme the generosity of God in redemption. In the beginning, the Lord has shown extraordinary generosity to his human creatures. In love and mercy towards us. After the fall, the Lord made Adam and Eve coats of skin and clothed them, and promised to crush the serpent's head. The Lord saved Noah and his family from the waters of the great flood. The Lord called one man Abraham and promised to make of him a nation, blessing him and saying to him, In thee shall all families of the earth be blessed. And when Abraham's descendants the children of Israel, had become enslaved in Egypt, the Lord rescued them and brought them out by the hand of Moses' his servant. He gave them the law, dwelt in their midst, fed them with manna in the wilderness, brought them to the land of promise. Again and again, the Lord kept covenant with his people, treating them with great generosity and mercy, sending them Judges and kings and prophets, calling them to repentance again and again, calling them back to himself, bringing them back from exile, promising to breathe life into their dry bones. And then in the fullness of time, the Lord showed the full extent of his generosity, demonstrating his inestimable love for us by giving himself for us. The word became flesh and dwelt among us. God became man. The creator took on the nature of his creature. In coming to us in the humility of the incarnation, the Lord Jesus was, as the theologian Simon Tugwell puts it, giving himself, giving his own life, giving his own spirit. And Christ gave himself unstintingly for us, holding nothing back, pouring out his very life for us and for our salvation. In the words of our epistle today, though he was in the form of God, he did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself, taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of man. And being found in human form, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even death, on a cross. The death of Christ Jesus is the most generous act that there ever has been and ever will be. It is the definitive manifestation of God's magnanimity towards humankind. The cross shows, as St. Paul says, the immeasurable riches of God's grace. And again, he says, God shows his love for us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. And again, while we were his enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son. The cross is the sign of God's inestimable love of the immeasurable, incalculable, and inexhaustible liberality and generosity of our God. In the words of the hymn, inscribed upon the cross we see, in shining letters, God is love. He bears our sins upon the tree. He brings us mercy from above. The balm of life, the cure of woe, the measure and the pledge of love, the sinner's refuge here below, the angel's theme, in heaven above. How can we respond to the astonishing curiosity of our God shown to us in creation and redemption? Except to exclaim with the psalmist in love and amazement, what shall I render to the Lord for all that he has given me? I want to close this morning by sharing something Bernard of Clairvaux said about that psalm text. What shall I render to the Lord for all that he has given unto me? Listen to what Bernard says. In his first work, that is creation, God gave me myself. In his second work, redemption, he gave me himself. When he gave me himself, He gave me back myself. Given and re-given, I owe myself twice over. What can I give God in return for himself? Even if I could give him myself a thousand times, what am I to God? What shall I render unto the Lord for all that he has given me? Were the whole realm of nature mine, that were an offering far too small, love so amazing, so divine, demands my soul, my life, my all. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost, amen. (laughs) Amen. Welcome, in the name of the Lord, to all souls this morning as something different. I've invited Dr. John Armitage, who's in the vestry, to give the announcements and to say a few words to us.
0: Thank you, Father Yoder. Um, Here are a few, three highlights from the announcements that appear in your service bulletin. First, the Men's Fellowship Breakfast will be held this Thursday, October 5th, 7 a.m. in the Christian Family Life Center. All the men of the parish are invited to gather on this first Thursday morning of each month to encourage one another through conversation and community. Contact Terry Prather if interested. Second, Ladies Night Out. Wednesday, October 18th from 6.30 to 8.30 p.m. in the parish hall, women of all ages are invited for a time of fellowship over wine and hors d'oeuvres. Contact the church office to RSVP. And then... Last and certainly not least, especially if you didn't have breakfast this morning, the annual giving lunch immediately follows the service today in the parish hall. Celebrate the mission of all souls and welcome the season of giving with a lunch of fried chicken and fixing. And I have no doubt that there's something very delicious behind that mysterious term, fixings. So... Before I uh, jump into my conversation or my brief remarks about giving and fellowship, a bit of brief uh, background on me. I've been a member of this congregation for 16 years, ever since my family arrived as refugees from the East Coast uh, to Oklahoma City and the Promised Land. Um, I uh, am currently a member of the vestry, and I usually attend the 8 a.m. service, which some of you may know as the pageantry light version of the service. Uh, And most importantly, I consider myself truly blessed to be part of this congregation. It's one of the most important things in my life, and I'm sure that's true for all of us here today. So I'm not sure why I'm allowed to speak to you today, uh, but it's probably because I give a lot of thought to generosity as part of my day job. With the Oklahoma Blood Institute, we rely on the generosity and the giving of nearly a 1,000 people every day to complete our mission successfully. Over the course of my 30 years nearly in my career, that means I've been privileged to be part of an ocean of giving. So with that in mind, I look at uh, stewardship and giving uh, in light of our campaign that starts uh, today uh, as really having three parts. The first and most important part I think uh, the sermon today touched upon is God's uh, infinite generosity that he has poured into our lives. Second is, as Christians, we are charged to spread that generosity far and wide. And third, and most importantly, of all the places you can give your treasure, the church is the most important place, symbolically and, and tangibly, that you can do that. So as an image to go along with this situation, uh, think of a funnel. At the very top and widest part of the funnel is God's gift of his creation the Father Yoder mentioned, the universe and our Amazing planet that we enjoy. Second, a bit down the funnel, is the gift of our humanity. God created Adam and Eve and gave us our human form. Going down a little bit more in the funnel, there's all our predecessors and ancestors who have bequeathed to us the incredible culture, civilization, technology, and even religion that we enjoy. Towards the neck of the funnel, it gets a little bit more personal, There's the gift of life given to you by your parents through the gift that God gave them to reproduce. And then lastly, and maybe in the daily form of the generosity you feel, are all your friends, all your relatives, all your teachers and preachers, your hobbies, your job, and all the entertainment that makes your life come into form and makes you enjoy existence. So like any funnel, at the bottom its purpose is to funnel and concentrate all this content above it, direct it through an opening, and release it. And that's really what stewardship is about. And that's the the challenge for us and and the questions that we have when we go to fill out our pledge form, is are we going to be an open channel for that generosity that we really are the being of? Or are we going to choke it down? Are we going to um, clog it and not let it flow freely? And so when you think about why you would give all that generosity, most importantly to the church, the church is clearly God's institution on earth, but it's also our home physically, spiritually, intellectually, socially, our joint journey towards salvation. What better vocation for giving is there than a temple like that? And so in my work on the uh, brief work on the, Vestry, I've learned something a little bit disconcerting, and I hope it doesn't give you dyspepsia while you're enjoying the chicken and fixings, but our congregation does not support its own operational needs on a day-to-day basis. We are currently relying and have for several years on our endowment, our savings, to patch the the gap. And in this incredible, bounteous uh, part of Oklahoma City, It's kind of stunning and depressing to me to think that this congregation cannot reach that mark of self-sufficiency or maybe grow that mark to do more good works and have a surplus to put out into the community. So when you think about writing your pledge card out this year, I'd like you to think about your own personal or family budget and think about the line item that represents your giving. Is that line item something that you have to work the other numbers around? Or is that a line item that is scoped the same way your entertainment budget is, or your travel budget, or even your country club membership budget? And if it's scoped at that level, you might want to think about that. Because are you giving God part of your treasure, or are you giving God your spare change? Is the line item that represents your giving an ancillary and incidental figure And is that what your faith represents to you, something incidental? So again, uh, as we think about giving this season of giving, think about opening up that valve, letting that generosity that's poured into you pour out of you, and give from yourself and of yourself and for yourself, because there's no other ROI that compares to the eternal salvation of you, your friends, and your congregation, and that's what's at stake thank you very much, and I will turn it over.
1: Thank you very much, John. I just have to say amen to that. Thank you.
0: Thank you for listening to the sermon podcast of All Souls Episcopal Church. For service times and more information, go to
1: allsoulsokc.com. God be with you.